Welcome to the Close Knit Podcast, a podcast that aims to hold space for conversation to be had about the ways we use fiber to process life and world events. You're listening to episode 41, and this week I spoke to Annie Crane. Annie is a process artist working mainly in embroidery. Annie's process struck me visually because she embroiders onto paper, usually that she's made herself. So there's a lot to take in textures, colors, and embellishments. I loved getting to talk to Annie about how she got started with the sort of art she creates, something she found as her grandmother was passing, and how her process has changed and stayed the same over time. We discuss her move to Michigan, her current job situation, and how sometimes settling into success can feel intimidating. Be sure to stay tuned all the way to the end. We really get into some big feelings around social media and how our use of it has changed over time. Listen on for our whole chat. Thanks so much for tuning in. A huge thank you to this episode's sponsor, Making Things. Last episode, I got to introduce you to Making Things, so for this episode, I wanted to tell you more about the soon-to-launch platform. Making Things is like Netflix, but better because it's for knitting and crochet. It's unlimited access to all of your favorite patterns in one place. All of the patterns have been tech-edited and tested so you know that you're getting the best quality resources. Not only that, but there's also a whole digital toolbox to bring these interactive patterns to life. Counters, row highlighters, chart grids, and editable notes, as well as live pattern support, all designed by and for the knitting and crochet community. You can follow Making Things Journey as they go live on Instagram at the Making Things app and online at makingthingsapp.com. Thanks again to Making Things for sponsoring this episode. Hey, it's Ani of Close Knit, and I'm here with Annie Crane. Hi, Annie. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Um, can you tell me where you are right now? <laughs> I am in a dairy barn. Um, I am in the art studio, which is where I teach. I teach at a farm school for um, middle schoolers, so seventh through ninth grade on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in near Grand Rapids, Michigan, yes. you're saying? Yes. So um, Ada, Michigan is where we are uh, formally, but yeah, Grand Rapids pretty much. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, I have lots of questions about that, but I'm going to cool. try to like save them for more of a succinct, like, uh, like trying to do this slightly more chronologically, I was thinking. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to start by asking just like a regular question about what sort of fiber and, and medium you work in. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, I primarily focus um, with embroidery and mostly um, handmade paper. So I make paper and I embroider it. Um, but I also do some, like my, I like to use um, like micron pens and do like illustrations and kind of build an illustration with embroidery and um, ink, I guess. So, yeah, that's my main focus. I'm, like, slowly trying to branch out, but it's this, like, weird, like, people know me doing this. <laughs> Can I do other things that's not this? So I've yeah. been kind of trying to give myself permission to, like, do other fibers, but mostly paper and embroidery. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, how, can you talk me through, like, do you remember how that got started? Yeah, I, um, when I was in college, I was actually a photo major, mm. and then I went through, like, painting and printmaking, and when I was printmaking, I was really interested in paper, and I transferred from community college to university and I learned I took a paper making class it was like the one and only class of paper making because we clogged the sinks and the teacher was like never again so um so I learned how to make paper and during this time I was also um doing some soft sculpture so I was doing um 
Like I would do a lot of like suitcases, like a lot of found objects, but I would do like things that were like plush and sewn like with them and do some performance pieces with those. And then after university, I moved to New York and I was there for like a month and it was hard. And then I moved to California and then I was there for like two months and that was hard. But in that time of being in California, I had all this paper I made in college and I had a sewing kit that I got um, after my grandmother passed away. And I was um, I was traveling with friends. So we went down to like San Diego, went out to the desert, went to Salton Sea, and we went to like Salvation Mountain and we like went to like went to Slab City. And it was really cool. It was awesome. And from that experience, um, when I got back to L.A., I was like, well, I have this paper and I have this drawing or the sewing kit and I've been wanting to do this. It's time to just sit down and just do it and see what happens. And then I just I did a tree that was inspired by going to Slab City and I did a tree. I drew it and then I started sewing it. And that was the first piece of me sewing paper wow. and then from there and that was 2011 so oh yeah. yeah and I still have that piece um because I don't think I'll ever get rid of it and it uses um a lot of folks may not know but the first like um few pieces I did a lot of them had embroidery thread or uh sewing thread that was my grandmother's so I used a lot of her thread um, yeah, so that thread only has thread that belonged to her when she was alive, so. Wow, that's a special yeah. piece. Yeah, it's pretty special. I don't think I'll ever get rid of it because it's, yeah. it's hanging in our bedroom right now. Yeah, so I know a lot of your work kind of focuses on, like, loss and connection and you kind of moving through a lot of these feelings and a lot of these a lot of, like you were saying, kind of working through different parts of your life. Can you kind of talk more with me about that and more about even like specific instances where this was happening and you had a body of work that you produced? A lot of my work when I was in school, I had a, I think I had a hard time of like over conceptualizing work in school. Um, and because I thought that things needed to be really weighted with meaning and um and I wasn't do I wasn't a particularly good art student like I didn't really want to make work I don't know but I also was like going through things that I didn't know how to process at the time of being like 19 20 21 years old I you know was on my own and I was dealing with depression and anxiety um my grandmother passed away when I was 20 um, right before I turned 21 and I didn't know how to deal with that and I was living alone at the time and so um, it took me a long time to figure out how to or how that I could use art to process things like that um, and I started making work um, it was like the first time I like ever sewed anything that was art and I, um, so yeah, I started making work that was conceptual, but wasn't like trying to like force like, oh, this means so many things. It was just, this is what I'm called to do. This is the imagery that I'm called to create. Um, and it happens to do with me processing grief. And so, um, when I w went, moved to university, I started, doing um, a lot more self-sculpture and I would do it based on like these like these stories that I was told and <clears throat> about like my childhood or like about my mom and I was like well I'm not in that space anymore like when I was like six months old and but you know here's a story that I've been told my whole life so how can I process that into artwork mm. so then when it so like moved to the work that I do now I don't even necessarily sit down and I'm like, I'm going to deal with my grief about my dad being dead. <laughs> like it's, you know, I'm not going to, yeah. um, but it's in, it's on my mind. It's like, you know, I feel it. And so, you know, I sit down and I kind of just allow my hands to start moving and, you know, I, 
we'll start with like just drawing with a pen and you know and then Mm -hmm. if I you know I'll start stitching and I kind of just like allow my hands and the piece itself to like dictate where it goes um and like through that like I'm not you know always just like thinking like oh you know whatever (laughs) like I'm sad about something and this is my sadness that I'm gonna deal with but I just kind of allow myself to just be in the moment and somehow I mean I don't know I don't try to like quantify it but it you know it does help me feel at ease like my spirit and mind um and if I do a piece that's specific to grief that I'm like I'm gonna make a piece that is dealing with this um I I don't know I think I start sketching it out and sometimes like one piece that I was working on was a literal like it was a photograph of me and my stepdad and I was literally like translating it as an embroidered piece um Mm. but I was started working on that after I found out that my father had passed away and I was and I was dealing with like parents and all you know those complicated relationships (laughs) and um and like death and all that good stuff and but I've also done a piece um where it was really more abstract it was like it was um paper sculpture pieces and there was machine knit pieces and that was for that moment in time like when I sat down at my book I was like like my sketchbook I was like you know what am I feeling right now what am I envisioning and you know, and I kind of just like allow whatever it is that I see in my brain to like, you know, be how I process what I'm trying to process. And I don't, you know, I don't try to force myself to process anything. I don't try to make it a literal translation. Like a lot of my work, you know, it's definitely, you know, there's like buildings or there's like mountains and weird blob clouds and <laughs> I don't and like obviously like you you know some folks look at that and they're like I don't see it but you know for me that's just the movement of the work I think is yeah no and I think it's it's not an easy thing to explain or describe because it is process-based and it is um yeah it is a part of your practice that's like mostly you moving through things and working through things and probably not like talking through those things but actually like it shows in the work what what you're working through it's interesting because I had someone on the podcast who I whose work I saw um in Sydney she was her name's Emma Emma Peters and she was working through um she she works with mostly felt and she was like felting she ended up felting these tiny little bobbles onto this really big like naturally dyed piece of fiber that she'd also kind of like stapled into and seen how the rust would like form over that and like she was doing this work and one of her students because she's a teacher at uh, a university there one of her students was like oh you made a bunch of nipples you made like a bunch of tiny nipples and she was like whoa because she was having trouble breastfeeding And so she was like, she was mentioning that like a lot of the work that she does, there isn't necessarily the like meaning or her, her full understanding of it until she's actually produced it and stepped away from it and then be like, wow, that is, that is exactly what I was processing. Yeah. (laughs) So they don't know if that ever like, if that ever happens with your work, whether, you know. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I think that, you know, I don't, you know, I think when I was younger, I, you know, especially in like high school when I was like trying to make art, it was like so heavy handed. It was like, I'm going to make it about abortion rights and it's going to have this on it and this. And it was just like, when I think back now, I'm like, oh, geez, <laughs> like, because it just like, it was such a literal translation of my thoughts and feelings and which isn't bad. It just, um, you know, now I feel like I'm actually processing the things that I need to process as opposed to being like, I'm going to put this on display like this. So yeah, I, I just kind of, you know, especially with my work being so fragile, like sewing handmade paper, um, I just like stopped trying to force it to be what I want it to be because it's never, it's not going to be that because it rips and then, you know, it, I tear so many stitches and pieces of paper and I have gotten to the point where 
it, I just have to allow it to just be. And, you know, even with trying to do like actual, like literal, like images of like people or whatever, like that has been really hard because, you know, to some extent, like I need it to look a certain way. Um, just if I'm doing a person, but even then I'm just like, you know, just let it be. <laughs> Don't get angry. <laughs> just like, this is part of like, you know, I remind myself like, you don't have to make work like this. <laughs> and, but I come back to it every time because it feels the most natural. Like it feels like an, like the natural extension of me, I guess. Yeah. I'm curious to know more about, like, I know you took a class in making handmade paper. Yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, how did you kind of grow that, like, post-college? And, like, you're still coming back to paper and you're still coming back to this. And I'm assuming you've run out of supplies that you had from back yeah. then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, um, yeah, I learned, like, a really traditional way of how to make paper, and I don't make paper like that anymore, because I just, I don't, um, no matter how hard I try to save up for a paper pulp beater, I am just not good at saving, like, $1,500, um, and something else comes up, and I'm like, oh, we really need, I don't know, like, groceries or something, so it's just hard, um, so I, when I moved to New York, um, the second time around, so I was in, I was in college, I went to New York, went to California, went back to Florida for like a month and then went back to New York and I was there for like four years. Oh. Um, yeah. But in, like during that time, like I, you know, figured out like I can, you know, use a blender to make paper. I don't need a press. Like I can figure out like using a blender obviously doesn't yield like as nice of paper as a, like a beater would, um, but I'm also not in college, so I don't care. Like, no one's holding my paper up to, like, the light and seeing if it's, like, even, which is what happened in college. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, so, um, and with paper and with sewing, like, I was so transient for so long. It felt um, like I wanted to keep making art, but it felt like I was able to have access to those materials the easiest um so because I just lived out of a suitcase for I mean I graduated in 2011 and then I I mean we didn't even move my stuff up to New York until 2013 like um it was a couple years of not having anything outside of a suitcase um and so and I just needed like a plastic bin, water, and I would like recycle books that people didn't want anymore that were damaged and a blender and some like screens that I still have from college. <laughs> and, um, and then I just needed, you know, I had my sewing kit, but you know, thread like isn't that expensive. And so, yeah, it was like, I mean, it was just like the easiest way I thought I could make art. Like, um, and I just like would carry, I would just make a bunch of paper and then I would just carry it around <laughs> and it would be available to me when I was ready for it. And, um, and I still like my process is pretty much the same now, um, of making paper. I mean, like I said, I'm saving up for a beater, but, um, I mean, I have, I haven't, how long have I had my blender? I don't know. I bought like a $20 blender from Target. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still going strong. So, um. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, when I was working at, like, the Textile Arts Center, I had access to, to new techniques and, like, to a studio, so I was able to, like, broaden, like, the kind, that's when I started doing, like, machine knitting and felting, and, um, but, and since then, I mean, I've had all my stuff, I've been able to, like, to live pretty like steadily so I'm able to to explore things outside of you know just my sewing kit and my pile of paper <laughs> when were you at TAC I like was going back through your Instagram feed and was like whoa she was at TAC when was this yeah um I was there I um started out as a intern volunteer I don't know um in 2012 I applied for their residency 
and I didn't get it, but then I, you know, like Owen sent, you know, this like nice email. And at first I was like, oh, that's just a run in the mill email. And a friend of mine was like, read the email. She's like, no, this is like a personalized like email. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so I remember I emailed her and I was like, oh, I know I didn't, you know, get the residency, but I just want to be involved. I was going through a really hard time at the time and it was like the one good thing that I saw and um I was like I just I'm like I don't care I just want to do something and so I started helping out with the after school program and um and then I just like it was funny because I was like the intern that never left <laughs> like I eventually had like keys to all the places or like both locations That's and awesome. um yeah I then I like did some like social media stuff for them where I was like um helping with their blog and that's how I met Adrian mm. of State oh, Label cool. and yeah awesome. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I'm just like fangirling um, over here yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah I um if it wasn't so expensive to live in New York and um yeah if like the cool parts of Michigan could be there too, like I think we would move back. But my best friend also still lives in Michigan or in New York. So, but anyways, and then, um, I, um, I remember I pitched a magazine idea and, uh, Adrian and I did, um, two issues of a magazine for them in the 2014. Yeah. And yeah, and then, um, and then at the end of 2014, we moved back down to Florida because it was just too expensive to live in New York. So, and then we were there for two years and I was like, I want to leave again. (laughs) So, and then we were like, California, Michigan, and then we chose Michigan. So. How did you choose Michigan? Was there like something pulling you here? Um, well, we were going to move to Los Angeles and I like it in California. I think like if we ever move there, we would probably be like North California. Cause as yeah. much as I like Los Angeles, like you have to have a car. I mean, yes. I mean, that's why when I lived there briefly over the summer in 2011, it didn't work because I didn't have a car and I lived in Burbank and I was just like, oh, I wow. don't know how to make money and like feed yeah. myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, uh, but we, you know, I went to Grand Rapids twice. Um, and I was, you know, I, was at Have Company in the shop the first time in 2012. And then in 2016, I think, I was, I did like the home edition where I stayed with Marley. Um, And I just really liked it. I felt good every time I was here. Oh, no, it was 2014, Mm. the first time I was there. But, um, and we were actually considering Detroit. And Mm. then, um, you know, my husband has never been up here and he was like, you know, he's like, let's just do Grand Rapids. He was, he would look at like, you know, Zillow or whatever. Right, and right. like, he's yeah. like, I think we should just go there. And he's like, if we don't like it, we can just move. And I was like, true. So yeah. we moved up here and we, um, we love it. We like really lucked out. You know, I love my job and he got a job at the same school and then we had a baby and so and now she goes to the same school and we're yeah. just like now I'm at a farm so so much has happened of like baby farm school can you tell me about these things <laughs> yeah so we moved here at the end of 2016 yeah and um I only applied to one place and that was the school um I knew somebody yeah who I had met when I was a residency uh, or when I was a resident with Marley and she worked there and we were friends on Facebook and she was like, we're hiring. And I was like, I want to work there. (laughs) I refused to apply any other place. And so, um, and I lucked out, we like got, um, we drove for two days up here with like Michael drove the U-Haul. I drove my car, like our car. We each had a cat and we drove for like two days. Um, (laughs) It was really intense. Um, and then we got in town 
in my interview was the next day. So, yeah, we, like, got in at, like, 6 p.m. after driving for, like, 19 hours. And um, and then we, you know, like, I, like, took a quick shower and went to my job interview. And I remember I was just, like, I just want to work here. I was, like, I just feel good being here. And I just want to do a good job. And somehow that landed me a job. So, um, yeah, and I was doing fund development for a while. So I was doing fundraising. And, um, and then Michael got a job, uh, doing like, he was a substitute teacher here. And then he, um, he really liked it. I mean, it's a Montessori school and we really feel connected to the philosophy behind Montessori education. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so he got a job now as, uh, uh, um, he teaches uh, in, he's an assistant teacher in E1 class, which is first through third grade. And he's training to become a lead teacher. So he's spending the summers in Chicago getting his certification. Yeah. And then I love working here and, you know, we got pregnant and they have been so great with Vera and she, they start kids at three months. So she was able to come here. And so, and it's just so nice, like all being at the same place and the community is just so amazing. Um, everybody is really kind and caring. And, uh, and then, you know, so I didn't want to leave the school, but, you know, I'm called to do something other than fundraising in my life. Yeah. And, yeah. So, um, I remember it was really scary. I, you know, sat down with my boss and I was like, I love it here, but I need to do something else. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll be here, you know, until we can figure it out. But if I can't, you know, do something more art related, then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to find another job. And right. she was incredibly receptive. You know, I told her all my ideas because there's also not a lot of like literature on art in Montessori. Uh, it's mm. mostly, an, it's viewed as like another tool in the classroom, so mm. uh, which is great, but there's not really like art lessons. Like it's, I think it's supposed to be more like fluid and like a part of the day rather than like an right. other kind of. So um, they started, they started the farm school and the, it just opened this fall. So this August it opened. Um, but yeah. they needed somebody to like help with the administrative stuff, but also do creative expression, which is art. And uh, the director, Katie, uh, during her training, she you know learns that creative expression and self-expression is like incredibly important for this age group because it's like mm-hmm. the adolescence. It's you know you're not a kid anymore, but you're not quite like a teenager or an adult. So, like, self-expression is, like, really, really important. So, she was, like, like, when she got back, she was, like, I just want to tell you how much you are valued. And I was, like, oh, like, admin? Cool. Yeah, no problem. She's, like, no, no, no. Art. (laughs) No. She's, like, who cares about admin? (laughs) Yeah. And, like, so, and it's been, I'm still, as somebody who's, like, I feel, I've been on a very long journey of, like, getting to where, like I want to be or how I you know like I kind of like oh this is how I would love to see my days look like I would like to make art and then I'll have a kid or whatever and make food (laughs) and like oh this is it (laughs) like I did it (laughs) like I you know I I teach art once a week um but the rest of the time like I do admin work throughout the week but I am pretty much just available to the kids if they want to do art. You know, we have a student who's working on a weaving and we haven't even done a weaving lesson. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I want to weave. And I was like, okay. So, you know, in her free time, if she doesn't have any work to do, she's like, she comes back and she starts weaving. And then, you know, I do like mini, like, oh, this is how you make like a triangle or this is, you know, and which is awesome. And, 
you know, my tapestry looms don't have stands. And she's like, we should make some stands. And I was like, yeah, if you want to figure it out. She's like, okay, well, we need wood and we need a drill and <laughs> like some screws. And I was like, okay, why don't you make some stands for the tapestry looms? And so, yeah, it's really, it's, it's awesome. But it's also like, I'm a little intimidated by being able to do the thing that, you know, it wasn't exactly what I pictured when I was younger or even like in college, but it yeah. like every day I'm like, Oh yeah, this is it. This is, this is what I want to be doing. And, you know, now I just have to like be comfortable and like, let it be <laughs> like, just like kind yeah. of fully invest myself. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a really wild feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like we have such a, like, pressure around us to feel like we're always moving towards the next thing and like what's my next move what's my next like project what's my next whatever how am I going to make my next buck <laughs> etc yeah know, you know not only money but just a whole bunch of like just we feel the need to be like progressing in some way that when you actually reach like a milestone where you're like I actually feel really good like yeah. this is actually where I <laughs> wanted to be like it's yeah. hard it can be hard to just like be seated in that be comfortable yeah. in that incredibly (laughs) yeah but it's like amazing that that's what you're doing like I remember kind of seeing you like hinting that you were like in some kind of barn and I was like what's going on here (laughs) is Annie making a school (laughs) what is happening (laughs) I was like I'm gonna get on a plane like tomorrow (laughs) it's funny yeah I've got some of those messages where like are you starting a school (laughs) it appears that way from your Instagram it really appears that way I did not mean to give that impression that I was starting a school. I'm a part of the beginning of a school, but I'm right, not. Right, right, right. I mean, well, you are. Like, you're not, like, single-handedly starting a school. But <laughs> yeah. You are starting a school. Like, they yeah. only just started. It's so, yeah. Well, it just got me thinking, because a lot of the um, the things that I think about, and I was talking with Liz about this last time I chatted, and with other people, it's just around, like, using fiber art and art as, like, a... Um, a method or a vehicle for teaching other subjects around feminism and history and like dissolved and like sustainability and chemistry and biological processes that um, feel like if I had, if I had like learned a lot of that information through this medium or through some other like art creative, creative or artistic medium, I would have like really understood it a lot yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> like math. Like, Oh yeah. my God. It's so funny to be working through so many like complex math things, even just like deciding how much material, like how many materials, yeah. how much of a material you're going to need to make a sweater or something. Like all of this stuff is dimensional analysis that I like remember from physics, high school physics. Yeah. If I learned it in a knitting context, I'd have been like, great, got it done. <laughs> like That's, um, it's funny because that is Montessori. Like that's how mm. you learn. And, um, and especially like our school, like it's, it's you know they have math and humanities but and they um like have occupations and you know but they're learning it through the context of a farm school so we have a farm and every morning you know they we have barn chores like my chore this week in the morning is I feed the goats (laughs) (laughs) Belle and Franny um, Uh which is the best job but um and but their goal is eventually to have a business so they're going to decide, like, you know, we have chickens, you know, we're going to sell the eggs or, right. you know, we have a garden and, you know, they planted the garden and we've been harvesting. But, you know, we just discovered that it's basically, you know, it wasn't doing well. So they were like, oh, let's pull up the garden and, you know, we have to start. This is a problem that we need to fix. Yeah. And the kids are in charge of fixing it and finding the solutions and doing it. And it's awesome. I mean, I wish I went to school in <laughs> a place like this because mm-hmm. um, middle school is super hard. I think it's harder than any other, like, grade range because it Absolutely. was, like, you don't know what to do with yourself. You're, like, fumbling through things. You're, like, learning about things that, you know, you didn't learn about in elementary school, but you're not quite a teenager. So, like, it's a really rough time. And these kids, like, 
you know, I mean, there's only six of them right now. So, but even that, I mean, it's a small class. So there's, you know, still some dynamics that, you know, need to be worked out, but they figure it out. It's awesome. I mean, I feel very lucky to be a part of it and to, you know, I have never, you know, I've taught workshops, but I've never taught like formally. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I did not go to school for teaching. I didn't go to school for art education. And, you know, today we, like our first class together, we did, um, some really simple book binding and we did marbling and like we marbled the covers of the books and I was like cool okay like and that just kind of mirrors like classes that I've taught before it's like here's a technique now you made something bye yeah yeah (laughs) and um but today I was like well we're gonna start drawing and you know we did like blind contour drawing and then you know we like sat down and and of course with like at like kids like they just want to get it done (laughs) like Mm they we were drawing the lake um and like the tree line and they were like doing like the like the strokes where it's just like circles of for the trees and I'm like no 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 and I was like it's it's let's sit down together and I'll show you how I would draw the trees and like Mm. it felt more formal but like I don't know it was a it was a very humbling, like, kind of, like, a lesson learned experience for me, because, you know, being like, okay, like, you have freedom to draw what you want, but also, like, you have to be patient and take your time, there's two hours to fill, (laughs) like, you can't just, like, get it done and then leave, so, um, and as somebody who didn't go to school for this, like, it's, really scary to feel like you're I mean I don't know if I'm an authority but I guess in this context I'm the authority figure of you know art and um like just being comfortable with that is it's a funny thing to have to do (laughs) but it's good I think it's good for my confidence at least totally yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) I hear that I feel like there have been so many times where I've like been um, in various contexts, like in college, I did my thesis on like, did a thesis on conifer evolution. And I was always like, Oh my God, like I'm the youngest person in this room. Like I don't, Ooh. Um, but, but when I really came, like when it really came down to it, it was like, I am the person in this room who knows the most about specifically conifer evolution in Australia, it like looking at it in this way. And when I finally put that lens onto it, I was like, okay, it's fine. Like I know the most out of anyone here, it's all good. And I actually apply that to like every workshop I teach from like, I know the most about knitting, well, most of the time. And even when I don't, it's like, there are things where I don't know the most and that's okay. I'll ask the person who knows more than I do. You know, it's like once you kind of can peel back that like you don't necessarily have to be the authority on all things or at least if you can like be the authority as much as possible and then like allow other things to happen it's sort of I don't know I find that kind of liberating yeah it's um hey that happened I was teaching a tapestry weaving class at a community college in Gainesville Uh Florida and somebody I like saw the roster of people and there was somebody on it and I was like ah they're like a tapestry like master like they do tapestries with sewing thread and I like they are very good and I was like I am not as good as they are but they you know she signed up to take my class and I remember she like taught you know taught the class something um and I was like man thank you like thank you so much and I felt it felt really nice to like because I have anxiety and I like, you know, I get that like really warm feeling and, you know, I start sweating and I'm like, is everybody going to like think I'm, you know, a sham because like this person is like teaching me something right now in front of everyone. But I just like let go of that. And I was like, you know what? It's cool. I didn't, you know, study fiber arts in college. You know, I'm always learning, you know, even the stuff I did study in college, like I'm still learning And, you know, no one is like, no one, you know, was like, man, Annie, you, you shouldn't be teaching this class. They were like, man, I wish we could do more of this because it was a group. It was a community. And so, yeah, I totally, 
I totally feel that. But yes, today during our drawing class, one of the kids was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. And one of the other kids was like, she went to art school. So I was like, thanks guys. Thanks for having my back. (laughs) She went to art school. Oh, it's so good. Man, I'm I'm just like really excited because I know it's still so early days with all of this, but I'm just excited to continue to watch, you know, peripherally and hear from you about how it is, how it all goes and, you know, develops. Yeah, I'm, I have a lot of ideas and it's like the first time I've been able to have ideas and be able to execute them because I've had ideas for a long time and I just, you know, for whatever reason, wasn't able to do it. And um, with like here, they're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Like whatever I pitch. And so, and they're like, we're going to just defer to you. Like, you know, you know what you're doing. And um, it's intimidating, but it's really exciting. And, you know, I'm hoping we can do like a natural dye garden and like we can learn how to, you know, we have a giant black walnut tree in the middle of our farm so like awesome. harvesting that there's like goldenrod, you know, like all over the road. And so I'm like, there's so many cool things. And, you know, it's all about, you know, Montessori is already like all about the environment and, you know, being connected with nature. And so I'm just like, oh, I fit right in. You're like, <laughs> so, perfect. Yeah. People. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> oh. That's so good. Yeah. That's just great. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's exciting. It's just, um, yeah, just like kind of, you know, I felt intimidated um, writing out the lesson plan for drawing. And then I was like, you know, just do it. Like this, like today, after our, we have a morning meeting together. And right after was, you know, creative expressions. And I was like, I'm good. I'm like, I got everything set up. I'm like, I'm just gonna you know, I have the bullet points of what we're going to do today. And I'm just gonna just like my own work, I'm just gonna let it happen. And then we'll see where it goes. And like, if I need to redirect something, I will or, you know, if we have to go a new way, that's cool, too. Um, And it felt it felt really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I just have one more question for you, because I want to let you go get done, get everything done. Who should we be like following? Are there people that you find particularly inspiring? Other fiber artists? Um, well, it's funny because I feel like you have like your like finger on the pulse of the fiber community. So I'm like, I feel like she knows everybody. But um, I was like, when I was um, thinking about it, there are two people. They're actually, I believe, they're studio mates too. Which like after I like jotted down their names, I was like, oh wait. <laughs> um, Abigail Doan, she she does okay. Lost in Fiber. She okay. you would love her work. Um, she's a really big advocate for the fiber arts. I met her through TAC. Um, we did a collaboration. She does um, a lot. It's really cool. There, um, she does like these projects called like Walking Libraries and uh, Material Dialogues and like our Material Dialogue is she kind of she just sent me things and kind of like prompts and I made work based on it and then I sent it back to her and uh, it's it's super cool and uh, Molly Haynes do you know her work she oh my gosh you yeah look them up they are awesome she's a weaver and uh, she does like some like natural material like I feel like if I if she were here like on the farm like she would you know just like forage around and make the most creative like natural like weaving uh yeah I and her colors it's so funny I feel that their work like visually is so different from my work but it's work that like the little tab on Instagram the like saving tab like I'm always saving their images because I like just like refer back to it and I'm just like this imagery these colors these textures are so like even like meditative where I'm like I feel really overwhelmed by social media I feel really disconnected like if I see their work it makes me feel like okay like just make work (laughs) don't don't worry (laughs) just make work delete the app off your phone every so often (laughs) at least that's my latest strategy that's what I've been doing except then I go through all those tutorials again and I'm like I know (laughs) oh yeah 
and it tries to force you to like turn on notifications i'm like no yeah yeah and i um like i'll click the heart and it's like you can double tap the picture to like it and i'm like yeah but i'm like i know man (laughs) but i want to hear before yeah my first rodeo yeah i just like clicking the heart sometimes That's hilarious. I actually haven't had the tutorial thing yet. It just, just like pops, tries to force me. To yeah, it. it just pops up. It's like, and then like, or if so I'll go funny. to like Instagram stories, it's like send disappearing stories. And I'm like, I know. Oh yeah, it does yeah. Too. I'm just like, it's like send a disappearing photo to Annie. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> Get off my back, Instagram. I'll I know. Do what I want. <laughs> uh, very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's like a whole um, other conversation I was just thinking I was like man we're at like 50 minutes I can't like get into the like Instagram I know, social media thing it's, uh, <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about that one yeah right. well we should do a follow-up episode I and it's also like I really am interested in having like roundtable discussions about this sort of stuff so like hopefully in the future that'd be awesome <laughs> keep I... your fingers crossed <laughs> Yeah, that would be great because I feel like yeah. I like um I have a group text going and it's with um they're not fiber art people but they're also artists mm. um yeah a tiny tree line she does jewelry and um, with like crystals and you know like really beautiful things and and her name's Megan and then our other friend Amanda LaForest who is an illustrator she um I just shared it's on my Facebook um it's a, a a gif or a gif, whatever, of Vera that she did. Um, she is really great. And we, like, have, like, a group chat. And, like, every other day, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, I just, like, can't handle these feelings. And, like, as other makers, like, it's really nice to, like, hear. Yeah. Not even just, like, they lament with me. They also are like, well, these the, these are things that I do to, like, help disconnect myself. Or, like, yes. you know... Because it is what it is. I mean, I'm grateful for what the app has brought me. I don't think I wouldn't be living in Grand Rapids because, I mean, that's how I met Marley um, through Instagram. And she was my, I would never would have visited Grand Rapids if she didn't have a residency program. Um, And so I'm grateful for it and for what it can do. But it's also like, oh, geez, Louise. I also like I have to tag something like a thousand different things to get more than like 15 likes and I don't you know and then I'm like I don't even know what to post anymore and yeah so I just don't anymore (laughs) I just post I know I'm very slow yeah I post stories and then I'm like this is fine (laughs) then or I'll so low stakes yeah disappears in 24 hours doesn't have to look a certain way yeah it's like and it's and it feels very like it feels way more personal. Like, I yeah. feel like even though I don't necessarily see lots of posts from you, I still, like, I know what's going on with you because yeah. I see stories. And that's actually, it is, yeah, maybe they're just changing the way that we interact with each other, which is more, like, video-based. Yeah. Know. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's less scrolly, too, with the yeah. with the stories. Like, you're not scrolling. You're, like, you click and then you let it happen and to you. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's the other thing. They're making you even more passive. Yeah. The, last night I was watching some show on Netflix, and it's moved from being 15 seconds to five seconds. I was like, no one can even get their hand out from under the covers oh and stop God. it from going, you know? I just, like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, try, I try to stop it. There was a, when, it's, when stories first premiered, I tried it, like, I didn't, like, having any, like, of them. Like, I wanted to, like, clear all the stories but I'm like no Annie let go of that like compulsive need oh, I to like do that. Yeah. <laughs> clear <laughs> everything you're like inbox zero yeah. <laughs> I understand that though <laughs> for sure <laughs> very relatable yeah. oh man yeah. it's good to yeah, know I'm not alone <laughs> oh totally yeah. yeah absolutely not alone and I think I don't think that it's only true for people who use it for business purposes. Like I do really think that just all of us are like on our phones all the time. And most of that is Instagram and maybe some other social media, but mostly Instagram. Yeah. I barely use anything else. Um, Like I'll I'll go on a Twitter, but I don't Mm. even have that. I don't have that app and I don't have a Facebook app either. Um, And I only have Facebook now because of work because we like communicate with the families um right, like in a group right. yeah. but yeah. um 
and Instagram, it's hard because it's like, oh, like before it was like, oh, this is how I connect my business to other people or like my art practice. And now I'm just like, okay, it's time to figure out how to not, this is not the core of my practice. Like it's not sustainable. Like Friendster doesn't exist anymore. What happened? (laughs) Like our live, you know, well, live journal is still around, but for like, (laughs) like if those were the core of your business, like then you'd have to rethink how you were connecting with people. Totally. But then it's scary because you're like, well, I I don't even have enough energy to like put onto just Instagram. How do I start creating content for somewhere else that like engages with people? Yeah. That part totally trips me up. I I mean, I don't even know content, quality content too. I'm just like, because sometimes I'm like, I'm just posting just to post. Like, why am I even posting this? And then I delete it or I archive it because I'm just like, this was a pointless, this was so I could feel relevant still. And, like, really, like, if people really want to connect with me, they're going to connect with me. Like, if you, bring, right, you know, right. like, yeah, yeah. If, you know, I don't need to be posting all the time. Um, yeah. And then it's like, and I'm not even making work. I'm like, so what am I doing? Like, I'm faking making work so that I could, like, make a post so people, so the algorithm doesn't write me off. Like, totally, and I don't, yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I know. Sorry, we like divulged into the conversation. No, <laughs> that's great. I really wish we had a bunch more time to be able to do that. that would yeah. Be perfect. No, but in the future we will. I've been talking with Meg too, who's in Detroit. Um, yeah. Who was on the podcast before about like maybe one day coming to visit. So maybe we can all like. Oh, that'd be awesome. Hang out in Detroit. Yeah, or and then talk. talk <laughs> I'm just gonna mention yeah. it so that yeah. hopefully it can become a thing. It could totally become a thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. have like a retreat of where we're like, oh. Instagram sucks. No. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we like it, but we also don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts around it and I'm sure, yeah. Okay. I'm going to brainstorm that a little yeah. bit today, actually. Yeah. I'm curious. That would be cool. That would be really, be cool. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks for being here. Yeah. It's really nice to talk to you. I know. Thanks for having me. It feels really, it feels nice. It feels good. <laughs>